Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Happy Monday. Oh, happy Monday. Happy belated Halloween. Oh, yeah, that too. The collab was <laughs> fun. It was. This was like you've said this a couple times, and I agree. I think this was my favorite mm-hmm. one that we did. Yeah. So both mm-hmm. episodes were great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always liked them, but this one just it was fun to do this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Mine was pretty dark. Well, yeah, yours was, but <laughs> I mean as, mine was too, but still it's just right. I don't know. It's just it's different. Like, I don't know. It was just different. So that's all. So what's going on with you? Whale. <laughs> Whale. Whale. Um, it's my, my most Southern I get, I think. I was going to say, you sounded like my mom. <laughs> Whale. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we had senior night mm-hmm. for my oldest, clearly. Yeah. Senior. Um, which is a night, the last night, the last home football, regular season football game of the season. And they honor the seniors in the United right. Walk them out at halftime, and there's a thing on the screen that says what they're going to do in the future, blah, blah, blah. And the parents walk them out. Excuse me, sorry. And we had so many people come into town for it, and it was like, yeah, you did. I like teared up every time I thought about like both sets of grandparents traveled in. My good friend Kelly came in, Emery's friend Jason came in, and his friend Jed, who's a football coach down in Alabama, and Isaiah like has looked up to him forever, actually. Mm-hmm listens to him because when right. we wanted him to do track because we knew it was good for football players to run track for speed he didn't want to do it but then we were like Jed, tell and Jed tells him and he's like I'm gonna join track mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway it was just amazing all the sport and then we had a bunch of neighbors come, like that had come too which they come to a lot of the games anyways but it was just fun and exciting and I don't know it was very it was very heartwarming to know how much love there is out there for that kid so yeah well your family in general yeah like there you have a lot of love but yes we love him yes he's special he's the man he is the man yeah we weren't there sadly i've just been there i know you just came weeks ago weeks before that so yeah but i definitely followed all of the pictures and videos and everything that i could except for (laughs) kelly dropped the ball like send me pictures kelly i know i think i failed you she was just like not thinking of all that. She had no, taken totally. a lot, but she wasn't thinking about it. So yeah. But um, and the only other thing that I have for you is that there's an update on one of our cases. The um, Natalie Cochran who oh, right. killed her husband and or didn't allegedly allegedly killed her With husband insulin. Yes, that's what it was thought. And so they had she's already in jail for um like money laundering, like whatever. Um, but they dropped the charges on her for the murder case because they had charged her because they wanted to exhume his body again and test do a certain test for this insulin. Well, they did that. They found what they thought they were going to find, and they have charged her again. But there was mm-hmm. not a trial, so I will still keep you updated. Yeah, but she is at least now being charged again with his murder. Yeah, which so. I think you called like when they exhume this body and test it. This is what I think will happen. Well, it was pretty well known that they basically were going to charge her either way. Like, oh. No matter what the results were, they were they still feel like they have enough, but they wanted this also. And they didn't mm-hmm. want to not be able to have time to get the results. So Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that. 
yeah. So two mm-hmm. happy things, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Heck yeah. One Charging very a murderer. Happy. One positive. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Did you have a good uh, Halloween? Yes. It was pretty laid back. The kids went around. I took my littlest and a friend around on the golf cart for a little bit. And then Isaiah and his girlfriend took over after that for me. So I could warm That's up. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. You've arrived. I have. I have. Well, you know, if he was walking around, I doubt that they would have taken over from me. But the fact that there's a golf cart involved and makes it fun. Yeah, that's just fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because even I liked doing that. Like I put our speaker, our pool speaker in the front of it and like Uh played played, like Thriller and – Oh, perfect. This is Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're like a little parade just driving around there. Do a lot of people get golf carts or is that just – Oh my gosh, yes. There was – that's like a thing. Okay. I think there was like a smaller group when it started, but now it's like I have seen so many golf cart trucks come in and deliver and pick up over the last couple of days, more than usual, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. So I think there's been like other pockets of people that are like, oh, good idea. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is a good idea. No, it's, it's fun. great fun. I would be so scared that I would hit somebody though. <laughs> Well, you just dart back and forth across the road with like no self-preservation whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't happen a lot. I will say here, I think people are pretty mindful of it. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Well, my kids are wild animals. So (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah, we had a big crew trick or treating. So it was actually really fun. Oh, good. Mostly for the kids. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's what we're here for, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, we did yeah. have our pig picking. I don't even think I talked Ooh, about yeah. that. That was coming up, and that was really fun. That was on my birthday. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Great crowd. Sunny day. Good. You had food. like eighty-five people, didn't you? Yeah, just a tiny little <laughs> birthday party. Small. Small. <laughs> it wasn't my birthday party. In all fairness, it's something we do every year. It just happens to fall on my birthday sometimes, and it mm-hmm. did this year. So it was really nice. Yeah, that is fun. I'm sad mm-hmm. I missed it this year. I know. Me too. But you know. It's all right. Yeah. You were there in spirit. Was there a flamethrower? Did he break nope. out a flamethrower? No, because it was 85 degrees. Oh, it was? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it was summer. <laughs> so did you guys even do the bonfire? So at the very, very end, we lit the little one. So we have oh, – okay. okay, so for those who don't know, we have a giant bonfire. <laughs> and let me tell you, did I send you the picture of it this year? Yes. Yeah. It is beyond. It is mm-hmm. a house. Not mm-hmm. kidding. The yeah. size of a house. I don't even know how they made that. I don't I even don't. know how they're going to light that. Right. They're going to have to use a Molotov cocktail or something. <laughs> they throw it in there. You can't get up close to that. But but then we have a smaller one that we use like the kids roast marshmallows on and you can actually sit by it. And we did light that okay. at the very end for like 30 minutes so the kids could roast, make, like make s'mores. Right. And everyone no one. backed up away yep. from the place. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what happened. So. But yeah, that's all I have. Fun. Well, and it's uh, daylight savings. Oh, yes. Finally. I wrote down to remind you this. Fall back. Yeah. Gain an hour of sleep on Saturday. I know, but it's going to get dark at 5 o'clock. Oh, that's right. That it's the worst. I don't know what's worse. Well, I guess I feel like that's worse than when you're waking up and it's still dark outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. It's going to be dark both. When are they getting rid of it? That's what I want to know. That same. We I got mean, it right. I, I think I, I hear 
that they are voting on it all the time. And I guess they never pass it. Yeah. Arizona doesn't follow it. So why can't everybody else? Exactly. I mean, I think there's other states too, but I think so now. Yeah. There's several of them. I don't know. Mine's not one of them and I hate it. I know. Me too. All right. Um, so we hope you guys are surviving that and we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Which is exciting. Um, on to the next, right? The year's almost gone. Nope. Um, but before the year is over, I do have one more case. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. I have a case every we'll have one every Monday for the end of the year. <laughs> just one more till the end of the year, guys. Sorry. <laughs> we probably scared some people just then. Anyway, yeah. if you're ready for it, here it comes. Okay. So for today's case, we're hanging out in North Carolina. Oh, fun. Yeah, welcome in. We are going to be in the Queen City. Do you know what that is? Nope. Charlotte. (laughs) Charlotte, North Carolina. So that's about three hours east. Why is it the Queen City? I don't know. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't look that up. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody knows, you can let us know. Um, It is North Carolina's largest city, so maybe that's why. Uh, So this case was recommended by a personal friend of mine who you also have had interactions with, Sarah Michelle. Mm -hmm. She is my French friend. We've been friends for a very long time, and she's suggested several cases, and they're always very interesting. So she has been living in France now for several years, but she and I met through our work when she was living in Charlotte. Oh, okay, cool. So, yes. So her husband at the time when she lived in Charlotte also became friends with Wes. And so we spent quite a bit of time in Charlotte doing all of the fun things that big cities do. We had a lot of fun there. I haven't been back in a long time, but it's a neat city. Mm -hmm. So my friend Sarah Michelle actually has a personal connection to the victim in this case, which I will explain later. Okay. Okay. So this is the case of Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Tyrone Davis was born in 1972 in Rock Hill, South Carolina, So Rock Hill is just over the border of North Mm -hmm. Carolina. So it's only about 30 minutes from Charlotte. Anthony was the oldest of four sons to his mother, Vivian Davis. I do not know who Anthony's dad was. There are several male names that were listed that he was connected with, but none of them that say they were his actual father. Mm. And his brothers and he actually share their mother's last name. Okay. Her name was Vivian Davis and all of their last names are Davis. So I don't know about that. So I'm guessing whoever his dad was, he maybe wasn't very involved in Anthony's life. Got it. Anthony was a very, very good kid. His family was extremely close knit. He and his three younger brothers lived with their mom and their grandma, whose name was Pearlene. I just wanted to say that because I really loved that name, Pearlene. (laughs) Yeah, it is very pretty. (laughs) It's really cute. They lived in a modest home in Rock Hill. All of Anthony's mother's side of the family was very involved in their lives, and the family was also very rooted in church. So although things were not easy, For a single mom with four children, their home was stable. They were very loved. They were supported and they were always surrounded by family. Okay. 
But in February of 1984, when Anthony was 12 years old, his mom, Vivian, was actually murdered in front of the children. Oh, no. She was only 31 years old. So a man that she had dated named Miles Carter got angry with her for keeping his child from him. He said she was keeping his child from him. And he drove to the family's home and walked up on the front porch where Anthony's mom and grandma were sitting and shot Anthony's mom twice in the head, killing her, and then shot Anthony's grandma in the head as (gasps) well, and then drove off. Yeah, Pearlene. She's dead too? No, Anthony's grandma survived, but she had to undergo extensive brain surgery. Gosh. To save her life. So, um... The man who shot them is serving life in prison without the possibility of parole for okay. for killing his mother and injuring grandma. So that so is the, not the case, though. What? That was too quick. That is not that the case. That is not though. the case. No, this is just about <laughs> Anthony's upbringing. Wow. Wow. Um, so the four Davis boys were raised by their grandma and then an aunt as well. Mm-hmm. Because Anthony was the oldest son, he took on a lot of the responsibility of helping to raise and look after the three younger brothers, and they all had to grow up pretty fast. But despite this, Anthony did really well from for himself. Like okay. he performed very well in school. He was in the high school marching band and was very talented. He graduated from Northwestern High School in Rock Hill. And then he got a bachelor's degree in education from Johnston C. Smith University, which is in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And from there, he went on to get a master's degree in education from Montreat College, which is a private college like outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Hmm. Okay. So after getting his master's degree, Anthony moved to Charlotte in 1999 and began working in the public school system. Anthony was always a very involved teacher who was said to have gone above and beyond with his students. He volunteered for many programs in the school, like the band, after school, you know, clubs and things like that. And he was a very active member in his church and was on the praise team. Anthony was a part of a program called the Right Moves for Youth program. So this is a nonprofit school-based program in Charlotte or in the Charlotte area that gives support to at-risk teens in like education, connections, opportunities, like trying to keep the kids in school, trying to help them figure out what they're going to do after school, you know, after high school Mm -hmm. and things like that. Because Anthony had felt like he kind of needed a hand up you know, while he was growing up, like after losing his mom at such a young age, having no father figure, his work in this program really mattered to him. Like Mm -hmm. it was a very big deal. He realized that it was kind of his calling to mentor young men who needed support like this. Mm -hmm. So he also began fostering children. And even after he would foster the children, he would stay very close to the young people that he would foster. So he really had like a heart for service for underprivileged youth. This was just his his thing. And he was a teacher too. So Mm -hmm. really good guy. I know. I want to know him. I know. (laughs) Anthony was described by his coworkers and students as kind and silly. And they said he was always giving fist bumps and cracking jokes. 
Anthony's brothers said that if it hadn't been for Anthony always pushing them and looking out for them, that they wouldn't be the men that they are today. One brother actually said that he always taught them how to make good choices, the importance of education, and how to save and invest money. Wow. So great life lessons. Mm -hmm. At the time that our case takes place in February of 2010 tripped up over that for some reason. Mm -hmm. I started to say 2020. 2010, Anthony was 38 years old and he had been a teacher for 11 years. Okay. At the time, he was teaching technology at Randolph IB Middle School in Charlotte. Okay. So he's a computer teacher in middle school. Mm -hmm. He lived in his own home in South Charlotte and he was continuing to foster and mentor youth. On Friday, February 5th, Anthony left work around 5 o'clock or so. He stopped by a liquor store and picked up some beverages for the weekend. Very normal for a Friday night. He then went home and had some dinner. And then he met up with some friends of his to celebrate one of his friend's birthdays. So I'm not sure where they met. I think it was like at a restaurant or a bar. I don't think it was at home, but -hmm. it was like a birthday party. So he was waiting on a friend of his to also come and meet up with them. So he was kind of hanging around, like waiting on this one particular friend of his to come, but he eventually got tired. And so around midnight, he texted this friend and said, I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm heading home. I'm tired. And he left. Okay. So the following day on Saturday, Anthony was supposed to meet up with one of his brothers to look at a home that was for sale, like as an investment property. Mm -hmm. but he never showed up. Hmm. So this confused his brother because it wasn't like Anthony to Mm -hmm. not show up or call. So he called, he texted, but he never got an answer. So like I said, he was confused and like kind of concerned, but you know, Anthony's 38 year old man, he's a busy guy. He has his own life. And so he just figured he would keep trying and would eventually catch up with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Anthony's brother continued to call him like throughout the weekend over the course of the next couple of days, but wasn't ever able to actually get a response from him. So finally, by Tuesday, he was worried enough that he decided he was going to call Anthony's school. Like he was like, I haven't been able to get a hold of him on his cell phone. He's not responding to me. I'm calling work. So when he called work, he was actually told by Anthony's co-workers that he had not shown up that day, which was Tuesday, or the day before, which was Monday. So he had now missed two days of work and he hadn't called. And they were actually getting very worried about him as well. And they didn't call anybody else. I'm sure there wasn't like an emergency contact or something on his list for them to be like, dude, he hasn't called in and he hasn't shown up. So at that point, they had not, but Mm -hmm. it was something that they were planning on doing. The brother just kind of beat them to it. Okay. So at this point, Anthony's brother called police and Mm -hmm. said, I think my brother is missing or something's wrong. Will you meet me at Anthony's house? Mm -hmm. So the brother goes to Anthony's house and the police meet them there. When they got there, they realized that Anthony's silver SUV was not in the driveway. Okay. So... Anthony's brother had a key to the house, and so he opened the door for the police and let them in. The alarm was on, and so the brother punched in the passcode to, like, turn off the alarm, and they started to look around the house. 
everything looked totally normal. On the kitchen table, they saw a plate and a glass, like somebody had eaten dinner and just hadn't cleaned it up yet, which indicated that whoever did eat the dinner ate alone because Mm -hmm. there was only one plate, one glass. And there was no forced entry, no signs of a struggle, nothing like that. It was exactly like Anthony's house always looked. Mm -hmm. A police officer went upstairs alone to search for anything out of the ordinary. And in the master bedroom, he found the body of a male wrapped in blankets and laying in bed as if asleep. Oh, my God. Yes. This male had a gunshot wound to the right temple. So police went downstairs and asked Anthony's brother to describe any tattoos that Anthony had. And he did that. And they were able to immediately confirm that this was 38-year-old Anthony. Oh, my goodness gracious. There was no murder weapon found at the scene. So suicide was ruled out really quickly. And Anthony's death was ruled a homicide. And it was determined that he had been dead for several days. Um, so this is Tuesday at this point. He was last seen on Friday. Right. And his car's not there. Is there blood around him? Like, was he shot there or was he shot and then brought and placed there? So their only blood that they could find was located underneath his head on the pillow. Mm-hmm. So it appeared that he had been shot while asleep. Mm-hmm. That's what they determined. Again, there's no signs of forced entry, no signs of a struggle. There were a few things as they searched the house that police discovered were missing from the home. And I think this probably was with the help of his brother. Um, They noticed that there was a 40-inch plasma TV that was not there. And then a projector that was used for that TV. Anthony's laptop was missing and his money clip with all of his cash in it. And then several like small things were missing from the home. Mm-hmm. So police determined that robbery was possibly the motive. And police knew that whoever had come in had likely had a key and let themselves in. Mm-hmm. And then when they left, they set the alarm and locked the door back behind them. Right. So they would have had to have known Anthony, mm-hmm. like closely knew him. Also, Anthony's SUV was missing his car. So police put out a be on the lookout for his vehicle and they began questioning the people in Anthony's life. Mm-hmm. No one knew of anyone who would harm, would want to harm or kill Anthony, but the way the house was left, they knew it had to be somebody in his close circle. And Anthony, like I said, was last confirmed alive the night of February 5th. So police found the receipt from the ABC store that he had stopped at that Friday night, and they obtained surveillance footage. Anthony was alone in the store, and he bought a few bottles of liquor and seemed perfectly normal. So he's all by himself, just a normal routine Friday night on the way home. Stop. Mm -hmm. They questioned everyone at the birthday party that Friday night, the night that Anthony was last seen. Everyone said he was alone. He seemed fine. He left alone. He wasn't intoxicated, nothing like that. And he hadn't mentioned to anyone that he had planned on meeting up with anybody or that he was having anybody over. Mm -hmm. Like he had said, I'm tired. I'm going to go home and go to bed. Right. Police questioned the last person that Anthony texted with, that friend that he told he was leaving the party. I'm not going to wait on you anymore. I'm going home, going to bed. 
They questioned his brothers. They questioned other family members, co-workers. And little by little, everyone in his circle was ruled out as suspects. And no one had any idea who would have wanted to do this to Anthony. Everyone was in shock at this mm-hmm. point. Police then started this very large task of trying to track down all of Anthony's foster children because they were thinking that maybe the foster children still had a key or access to his home and maybe like knew the alarm code because they at one point lived there. They actually even tracked one down all the way to Raleigh, which was interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But he was, he was ruled out. Grief counselors were brought into the middle school where Anthony worked to like give support to his students. The school staff actually hung up large white sheets of paper all along the hallways and the students were allowed to write down memories or messages or kind words about their teacher, Mr. Davis. A memorial Facebook page was started and Anthony's case became pretty high profile in North Carolina because he was so beloved And he was kind of like a success story. You know, Mm -hmm. he was a guy who had a tough life, but he had persevered. He had achieved all of these, his goals, and he was now helping out other youth who were just like him. On Wednesday, the day after Anthony was found, a tip was called in that a car matching Anthony's car's description had been found on the street parked near some townhouses in Charlotte. So police go out. They determined that it was Anthony's SUV. It was in normal condition. There were no issues, no blood, nothing in the car. His checkbook was in the car, but other than that, it was empty. So there was no evidence of who may have driven it there, how it got there, nothing. So one of the items stolen from Anthony's home was a projector, right? Mm -hmm. So the projector was missing, but the box... For the projector, police actually found in a closet in his home, the box that it had come in. On that box was a serial and model number for the projector. So police actually plugged that into a program called Pawn Tracker. So this is a database. I didn't know this. This is a database that pawn shops use to input any traceable items that's been pawned at their shop and it's to assist law enforcement in determining determining if anything that they have has been stolen. Wow. So that's the cool pawn shops. So if you're going to pawn something, go to one of these like ethical pawn shops that does this and helps law enforcement out, right? Right. No kidding. And you know what? I'm sorry. Make fun of me for keeping boxes things come in, but geez. <laughs> That is hilarious that you say that because my husband does that and it drives me crazy because we just have empty boxes in places. And I'm like, there is no point to having this box. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I'm probably going to start giving him crap about that. Yeah. Well, I started throwing away because I, it's like my dad's thing. My dad does that. He puts everything back in the box. It came in when he puts it away for storage, which is okay. fine, but- Emery always makes fun of me, and now I'm like, I just pitch things. Now I'm going to be like, nope, I'm saving it again. Mm-hmm. Got to use the pawn tracker. <laughs> so they input the model number and serial number of this projector into pawn tracker, and they got a hit. So police went down to the pawn shop where they learned that, according to their records, the projector had been pawned on Saturday, mm. February 6th, which is the day after Anthony was last seen by a man named Jason Hernandez. 
So police were aware of Jason. He had a pretty lengthy criminal history. They tracked but he was not connected to Anthony at all. Like okay. the family had never heard of him, nothing. Okay. So they tracked Jason down at his home. And at first he he was like, I, I didn't pawn anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Their records are wrong. But eventually he changed his story after he learned that he pawned a dead guy's things. Mm-hmm. And he said that he had this arrangement with a kid named Ace. So Ace would bring him things to pawn for cash. And in exchange, Jason would give him drugs. Oh, okay. Jason said that that Saturday, this kid named Ace had shown up at his house with the projector and some other things and told Jason to pawn them, which Jason did per their normal arrangement. And then he gave Ace drugs. He said that he he figured that most of these items were stolen, but he never asked any questions. Mm-hmm. Most interestingly, Jason told police that this ace guy had been driving a silver SUV, one that matched the description of Anthony's car. Jason said that he didn't know Ace's real name, that that was a nickname, but that he also went by the alias Braylon. Okay. Okay. So police look into their database for anyone in that area that went by aliases Ace or Braylon. And they got a hit. Hmm. It was a 22-year-old young man named Ashanti Bess. Ashanti's mom, who he was known to like stay with on occasion, lived in the townhouses where Anthony's car had been found. Even more interestingly, Ashanti had been one of the boys that Anthony had fostered. Oh, no. And he had kept in close contact with him and had continued to mentor him into adulthood. Mm. So Ashanti had met Anthony while he was participating in the Right Moves for Youth program when he was in middle school. Ashanti came from a very difficult home and Anthony had agreed to take him in as a foster when he had nowhere, nowhere else to go. Ashanti had lived with Anthony from 2005 to 2009. So this would have been when he was between 16 and Mm 21-ish. After he moved out, he had stayed close with Anthony and would still stay at his house on occasion. Ashanti was a part of the Davis family. Mm -hmm. He attended family dinners. He was at holidays. And the entire family was actually known to help this young man out. So if he needed clothes, if he needed a ride, they all treated him as Mm -hmm. part of their family. Anthony's family even told him a few times that they felt like Ashanti sometimes was taking advantage of his generosity because he would so often call on Anthony for things that he needed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So police start looking for Ashanti and put out a be on the lookout for him. They then begin getting hits on Anthony's debit card that it was being used at various stores and restaurants at a mall in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is about an hour north of Charlotte. Ashanti was known to have a girlfriend in Greensboro that he occasionally stayed with. So they assumed that it was probably him using the cards. And they started to go to these places to get CCTV footage and surveillance But before they could even do that, police got a call 
from Ashanti's mom who basically like turned him in and said, Mm. I have him. I'm bringing him to you. So Ashanti came into the police station voluntarily for questioning. He said he had nothing to do with Anthony's death at first. He said that if Jason Hernandez had Anthony's stuff, then he must have been the one to have killed him. Mm. He then changed his story and said that he knew that Jason had robbed Anthony. He said that he actually drove Jason to Anthony's house and let him in and gave him the alarm code and then waited outside while Jason stole things from Anthony's home because he wanted to get the money for drugs. But Ashanti said that he had no idea that Jason was going to kill Anthony. Mm -hmm. Okay. Police were like, bullcrap. You're lying, bullcrap. Because people saw Ashanti show up to Jason's house with the stolen items. Uh, So they knew that Jason wasn't the one who had stole them. So they're pushing and eventually Ashanti confessed that he did go to Anthony's house alone in the early morning of February 6th. He said he was planning to rob him, to get the items, to have money for drugs. He used his own key to let himself in and Anthony was asleep in bed. He said after he got in the house, he knew that Anthony would know that it was him that stole the items and so he shot him. Oh my gosh. He said he took all of the stuff, reset the alarm code, locked the door, and then left in Anthony's car and had apparently been driving Anthony's car and using his debit card for days. All of this time, no one knew where Anthony was. Police searched Ashanti's mom's house, and they did find Anthony's debit card in the pocket of a pair of Ashanti's pants. They also found some of the other items that belonged to Anthony in Ashanti's possession. So 22-year-old Ashanti Bess was arrested and charged with first-degree murder and robbery. So it was said that he did not have a criminal history when he killed his teacher. However, I don't know if that's true because they had his aliases in the system. And so that kind of confused me, but. Well, but would his stuff be in the system because he was like a foster care kid and so like his name is just oh, in a system, in the possibly. system? Possibly. I didn't think about that. That could be true. Mm-hmm. But either way, if he had no criminal history, it is absolutely shocking that he would kill his teacher, his mentor right. in cold blood in bed as he slept. Like this kid snapped. Anthony's family, who also loved Ashanti, were shocked and devastated. Like, mm-hmm. they they really kind of felt like they had lost two family members, which is just so sad. Mm-hmm. In May 2011, Ashanti actually accepted a plea deal. He pled guilty to second-degree murder and armed robbery, and he was sentenced to 21 to 27 years in prison. Wow. So he is currently 35 years old. He is incarcerated at Scotland Correctional Institute in Laurenburg, North Carolina. He could be eligible for release as early as 2032. And at that time, he would be 44 years old. Mm. Anthony's family said that they are heartbroken, but that they do forgive Ashanti. So I started not to mention this, but decided to because it is a part of the case if you Google it. 
I did read that Ashanti later changed his story and said that the reason why he shot Anthony is because he had propositioned him sexually for money. However, no one else in Anthony's life ever alleged anything like that about him, and there's obviously no evidence that this ever happened. Although we don't ever like to not believe victims of sexual crimes, this particular one seems kind of like a low blow Mm -hmm. or like a desperate attempt to make an excuse for what Mm -hmm. he did because it was like such a betrayal. Right. And and so out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Okay. So my friend, Sarah Michelle, that suggested this case, her daughter was actually a student of Anthony's at the time that he was killed. Oh, my gosh. So she remembers her daughter loving Mr. Davis. She had him for sixth grade computer class. And she remembers – everyone being devastated. I actually one time was in Charlotte visiting with them. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking to the school where Anthony taught to meet Sarah Michelle's daughter and walk her home. So I actually have been to the school Mm -hmm. while he was teaching. And I remember it when she mentioned it, she was like, we walked there one time and picked my daughter up. I was like, I totally remember it. No. So very, very sad case of a troubled youth that just never got it together, I guess. I don't know. I know. So sad what drugs will make you do too. You know, like he wanted money for drugs so bad that he was going to steal from the person who probably helped him the most in life. I would say that's true. Absolutely. (sighs) That is the case of Anthony Davis. Wow. Mr. Davis. How sad. It's very Mm. sad. And to have two people, like his own mother and then him, both murdered. Oh, like, I know. Like, and they were both shot in the head, too. Yes. And his grandmother shot in the head. Yeah. It's very sad for that family. Um, I watched a documentary about this case. It was very good. It was um, on Investigation Discoveries called Homicide City. Um, the detective mm-hmm. in that episode is the same that, that caught Ashanti Bess, like worked mm-hmm. Anthony's case and caught Ashanti Bess is the same detective that caught Bad Henry, our serial killer oh. from Charlotte a few years ago. I recognized him from the Bad Henry documentary and was like, that's the same guy from Charlotte. I remember his bald head. Uh, his bald head. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Well, he's got a good track record for the podcast. <laughs> I, don't yeah. what, I don't know what his career record is, but <laughs> so far, two for two. <laughs> yeah. Well, that Bad Henry one was a little bit unfortunate because he went so long without being caught. But Well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yes. So he improved over time, it would appear. Right. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a sad case. There's a lot of crazy crime in Charlotte. Yeah, I feel like I've heard that, but mm-hmm. I don't. I've been there once, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's a big <laughs> city, so you yeah. have that when you have like big I feel like we went there to like go that. to the circus or something. Really? I, I don't remember. It was some like random thing that we drove over there just for like a day and then came back, I think. It's like I the home remember. of NASCAR. Yeah, well, that wouldn't have been that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an NASCAR person. 
But no, me neither. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, gosh, I mean, Anthony Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis. I know. Well, thank you. I read his like legacy page and all of the comments and stuff where people were, oh, I was in band with him and or I attended church with him. I taught with him here or whatever. It was just like so many wonderful, like amazing tributes. I don't know. It's just, you know, when people that yeah. are actually making a positive difference, it's just yeah, it, it would make me think that the, his um, attempt at soiling his name mm-hmm. later on is like just totally false. That yeah, you would think that one other person would come forward. Somebody would be like, well, like yeah, that. you know what? Yeah, he did that to me too or something, you know. Right. Yeah. And the fact that the uh, the way he was found, like well, – it appeared that he was sleeping it was almost kind of obvious like he was shot and there was only blood underneath his head like right mm-hmm. under yeah yeah so i feel like if he is propositioning him then he would be like sitting up or standing mm-hmm. up or something when exactly it went down and he was like fully clothed when he was found right. you know so yeah like yeah. i said there's no evidence that would indicate anything like that was going on in my opinion Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for diving into that one. You're um, welcome. And thank you, Sarah Michelle, for bringing it to our attention. Another, another one. She just, we just did one from France. 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 But that's, that she had um, suggested too. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks. You're, I know you're going to keep sending them our way, Sarah Michelle. So keep them coming. Yes. Her daughter, <laughs> also her daughter's name is Tina. So Tina, if you listen, miss you. <laughs> she yeah. live in France too, or no? She doesn't. She is actually um, in Atlanta. She's a teacher too. Oh, Aww. yeah, that's lovely. Lovely. <laughs> They're very lovely. <laughs> lovely people. Mm-hmm. Shiny, happy people. That's right. Oh no, what, that's a that terrible documentary. Yeah, <laughs> the Duggar documentary. Yes, <laughs> they said that. The, it's funny because they said that the other day, like on the Today Show shiny mm-hmm. happy people like and they were talking about their like crowd outside and i was like yeah are they duggers <laughs> anyway, totally that's a patreon that. thing right people are probably like, what are they talking about i think we talked about that on patreon probably yeah sorry it's a documentary, documentary that you have there. To watch. yeah <laughs> at least you know the name of it now yep. um Anyway, all right. Well, thanks so much again for diving in. I feel so terrible for Mr. Davis, the wonderful teacher who was doing wonderful things and <sighs> somebody he was helping or, well, yeah, because he was continuing to help. You said um, it's such an awful thing to him. It's awful. But yep. I hope that Ashanti gets the help he needs in prison, though, too, and that maybe mm-hmm. he can turn his life around. And yeah, he will still mm-hmm. be a young man if he gets out when he's in his right. late 40s. So, yeah, yeah, so he's got a chance to make a difference and do better. He does. does. Well, thank you to all the teachers out there who do do wonderful things, and all of you foster care people that do wonderful things too for all the troubled youth in our world. Yes, um, absolutely. And well, just come find us on social media, give us a rating and review. If you mm-hmm. so are inclined, because we love those that come through and just helps us get to be seen too a little bit more. Um, thanks for sticking with us for so long. We are so excited we're still around and 
Let us know what you think about this story. Go check out our merch. Go check out social media. Go check out all the things. Just go find us. Mm -hmm. Come, Come talk with us. And just always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet. 